0: Hi, thanks for tuning into the Bacon Warrior Podcast. On today's episode, we talked about how much it sucks not having MSU basketball around. Then, we talked about the Lions' new head coach, Dan Campbell, and the staff he's brought on, as well as the rumors of Matthew Stafford being traded. And then we broke down the AFC and NFC Championship games, and then previewed the Super Bowl a little bit. And then we talked about episode three of WandaVision. Stay tuned. Here's Spartan Dog 97. Thanks Spartan Dog 97. When I'm not waiting for Donald Trump to be installed as president, the 19th president of the United States under the original US Constitution, I'm Spartan Dog 97. I'm here with the boys, Lucas and Brett. And guys, not like we have to meet a time requirement here, but you know, there's there's not a lot to talk about right now. I mean, there is a lot to talk about, but there's not a lot of our chosen of our chosen subject to talk about at the moment. So uh, let's just get a little banter going. You know, What are you guys up to? What are you guys doing?
1: Um, you know what? There's not a lot going on right now. Just kind of waiting for uh, the worst case of COVID in the state of Michigan with the basketball team to be over. Um, I hear that certain former player potentially was on campus infecting everybody. Uh, they will go uh, unnamed, obviously. Um, other than that, just, I mean, feels like everybody is like kind of like in the MSU Twitter world, it feels like everybody's on edge a little bit. So there's been some arguments going back and forth and we embrace debate. So really nothing, nothing much going on.
0: Yeah, Brett's a, Brett's a master debater. Um, you know, just yes. really,
1: he just tugs and tugs and tugs
0: until until it's finished. Never gives up.
2: lucas what's going on with you man oh resurrected our movie wire podcast uh the other day and uh just yeah i'm i'm with the ride with with all the debating going on um i'm loving watching it it's like it's like my own personal first take like i don't have to tune into espn i can just tune in on twitter at a certain time of every day and it's right there for me
0: yeah you know um a a formal uh a lieutenant colonel in the marines who's a part of the bacon wire network you know him and i i'm exchange are exchanging barbs more and more frequently um on here trademark uh copyright registered and you know it's all in good fun it's all in good jest but uh yeah i think everyone's a little testy because uh we fucking miss msu basketball For as much as they make us want to pull our hair out and throw our controllers and yell about aimbots and all that, all that video game are these video game references doing anything for anybody?
1: Yeah, the hackers that they've been out of control in Call of Duty. I mean, your 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 master race of PC users they they need to chill with the hacking.
0: Yeah, here's the other thing too: is like. Activision and the Call of Duty people say they nerfed the DMR. Bullshit. They did not nerf the DMR. The DMR it shreds just as much as it did. The DMR is not fucking nerfed. Do not do not tell me that you nerfed the DNR the DMR when I'm getting shot across the goddamn map for 40 for 40% damage with the DMR. D- don't save it.
2: I haven't played in a couple weeks. I might have to give it a go uh, the next day or two. It's
1: yeah, it, it's something mm, that sucks.
0: I played uh, Dirty Bomb yesterday, and the new map they have for Dirty Bomb it's it's almost unplayable. I mean, it there are so many snipers' nests in camping areas. The bomb locations are fucking ridiculous. It, it's, it's so, it, it's not even fun anymore. Like, it. the first two weeks after a big puff, after a big buff and a big nerf are fun because everyone tries to figure out what the new metas are. And then once TikTok, once TikTok Twitch streamers figure out what gun shred now and they post on TikTok and it hits the for you page, it's over until the next big buff and buff and nerf
2: yeah
1: yeah and i tried to go to prop hunt but then people start finding all the corners you can glitch in like i was playing one map um, and you i mean you had the things under the map you couldn't even shoot them so you're whistling and someone's right under you i don't know i'm just i'm, I'm just playing for a good time but that stuff just irritates me bullshit
0: that's what it is it's bullshit
1: um welcome to biden's america
0: called it he's ruined (laughs) it's not biden's america did you not hear my intro it's trump's america (laughs) he is the 18th president under the real true constitution of the united states and i'm hearing rumors that his first term didn't even count so he still gets another eight years so that's gonna, when when all this goes down and the storm comes and all the pedophiles are taken to a military tribunal in Guantanamo Bay and executed and replaced with clones or whatever, <laughs> um, that's, you got it, you're fucked. That, you know, all you fucking libs in our audience, you're fucked. You fucking adrenochrome sucking motherfuckers, it's over for you.
2: You know what? If that's how you're gonna act, have a nice night.
0: Come out. <laughs> I'm so out. What, I'm someone odd. Someone help someone help Lucas with the math of what I just
2: said. Can someone get me betting odds? <laughs> I know Sorry, a guy. Um, I'll
1: censor that. Well, they're boosted now. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah uh, first weekend of uh, first weekend of, of sports betting in Michigan. How'd we uh, how'd we come out?
1: Started very strong. Well, okay, I, I was playing, like, this stupid slot game. It's called Fortune's 88, and I, I don't really know how you win. I was just winning, and I was up, like, $100 or something, and then I thought that was going to continue, so that, that went away quickly. But I, they gave away – they were giving – like, I was using DraftKings. They were giving away free money with betting on the Pistons to make 1-3 and then betting on a, any – like, a touchdown in yesterday's games. You double your money up to 50 bucks, so you got to love it.
2: Yeah. I think I'm up 33 cents. <laughs> which isn't bad. I really wanted that to, like Barstool had a Casey Smith like Tom Brady um, special where it, plus 12-12 if he scored a rushing touchdown and it uh, didn't happen. I thought it was going to. I was really hoping. Um, I think they had one where it was like a first and goal like the 4-3. or three. I'm like, please just get to like a QB sneak but um no i i I won on the red i'm sorry to our lieutenant colonel i I love the red wings but i'm gonna do an experiment to bet against them and um see you know if they lose for me you know as a sports fan it sucks but then as a gambler it's okay kind of like how people were betting against the tigers when they were really shit well haven't they have been really shitty i think i'm gonna try that see if it works but um yeah i i'm I can see where like, i was like on my on the app all all weekend i can see where you can develop a major gambling problem and if you have a gambling problem and you're on this you're listening please like get help like i'm not trying to joke around about it like it, i can see where people can just get completely
1: carried away well i think 90 percent of our msu <laughs> twitter i think they they may need to heed that message yes yeah, some crazy she
2: stuff. had
0: she had, if you're listening please lay <laughs> off the darts Please. Oh, Both the cigarettes and the sport. Um, neither are good for you. Uh, no, uh, like DraftKings, they have a virtual casino. And I was playing blackjack and with like my $300, like you got a $300 or whatever. So I was playing or whatever. I got up to like 250 and then I just started losing and losing and losing. I just I deleted the app. Like I just I was like, this isn't going to be good for me long term. So like it's just it can't it cannot exist on my phone. So I just deleted, it. <laughs> just deleted it. I, I yeah. Uh, I'm gonna get off control
2: keys as soon as I get the hundred bucks.
0: So that's that. Um, yeah, uh, no no MSU basketball to talk about. Um, hopefully they'll be back in action Friday. At Thursday. Thursday, Thursday at Rutgers, um, and then
2: that game's not as scary as it as it would have been like you know a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah,
1: they we're gonna be well rested. Uh,
0: yeah, very well rested. And then after that, who, who knows? You know, I think, I think the big question going forward is how how the Big Ten proposes making up all these games on the back end. I don't think it can be done personally. Um, but it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting to see them try,
1: you know, Mm. um, I, I hate to say this, but coach K might've been right. They might have to expand the tournament just because of the, the amount of canceled games for so many teams. I mean, Villanova, they had, I think it was like eight straight games. Can't postponed, not canceled. And I mean, they're, they're in the contention to get a one seed, um, I mean, you got teams like – it's just it, – it's kind of tough. Like, what, what's the cutoff point of – because usually if you get the 19-20 wins, you're in. But what's it going to be this year? Like, let's say uh, some team gets postponed. Are they – like, could a team get in with just nine wins?
0: Right. If the, if a team is nine and four and they don't get to play any games, then, like – What happens? Right. And I think that's a good point. I, I don't know what the – um okay this is a it's a uh it's an interesting um i'm just we're all distracted right now we need to <laughs> we need to roll it back in um no i i think you're right brett um i don't know if the i don't know if the um I don't know if the answer is to expand the tournament per se, but I think, I think there needs to be some kind of come to Jesus moment with, with the NCAA in the tournament and the selection committee and the conference commissioners, because what, what is happening right now, like, is, isn't going to stop happening. Right. Mm-hmm. And, And like doses of the vaccine are getting thrown out because they're going bad because they're not administering it fast enough because governors are trying to like, make it look like the wrong people aren't getting the vaccine. So I don't know if the answer is to just vaccinate the players. I don't know if the answer is, I don't know if the answer is, whatever but you know like the the longer this this drags out and the longer people keep getting exposed and the longer we're we're constantly just making shit up as we go along as it relates to fighting this pandemic the more the more the more variants are going to start emerging mm-hmm. and if we and if a variant pops up before we reach herd immunity that's, that's resistant to the vaccine, we're fucked. So it's, it's a matter of, you know, we're kind of in a race against time here. And, we're, and, you know, we're kind of failing at every level. And there's really no good answers right now. So it'll be interesting to see how the NCAA and the conferences kind of respond to these challenges.
1: And honestly, what they should do is they should, I mean, I, I kind of brought this up on Twitter uh, in response to Will Hunter kind of seeing what they needed to talk about or as what they should talk about. And uh, I forgot it was Rick Pitino. He brought up that they should do made madness. I mean, with the amount of games that teams are going to have to make up MSU included um, I don't really see how a March tournament is going to be the best course of action here. I mean, they should be trying to expand the season and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, uh, postponed the tournament for uh, two to four weeks and this is our our goal to start the tournament but we can go up to this date just because um like you said there's so many unknowns right now i mean michigan basketball they don't have a single case of covid and they're, they're shut down for at least two weeks um so i mean what if that happens the week before the tournament where a team has to be shut down what do, what do they do then like, i this is becoming very very comp- complicated to get through
0: Honestly, mm-hmm. honestly, what the comp i mean, this is something that we proposed way back in the summer, right? Like way back in June and July. Honestly, the answer is a bubble. The conferences need to bubble if they want to finish the season in, if they want to be able to complete a season within a reasonable time frame. Send everyone in the Big Ten to send half the Big Ten to Detroit send the other half to send the East, send the East, send teams in the big 10 East to Detroit, send the teams in the big 10 West to Indianapolis bubble them for quarantine them for two weeks. Then Mm -hmm. once everyone gets healthy or we can, we can get the environment under control, just play basketball with those teams. And then the first team from the East and the first team from the West division, just play each other for the title in Indianapolis like football. That's the only way you're going to be able – you're going to get enough games in to have this not be a Mickey Mouse tournament.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's come to. And we all – I mean, the writing was on the wall for this. Like, once these cases started popping up and teams started postponing, like, there was just not enough time in the schedule to make it all up. And the the Big Ten, once again – they, they kind of failed in their, their planning and preparation. I mean, they should have built in time where teams could make up games, but that just, I mean, there's one scenario where Michigan state's going to have to play three, potentially four games a week, the rest of the season. Like Ooh, that's, that's rough. I, I mean, I, it's not even, yeah, it's, it's rough for the fact that, I mean, that's going to hurt the team's chances of winning, but also you're supposed to be student athletes. And then, I mean, there's no time for school in that scenario, mm-hmm. especially if they're nine o'clock games.
2: Oh, fuck that
0: Yeah, I just I, That's a It's just a tough situation right now And like you said, Brett Michigan doesn't even have The Michigan basketball team doesn't even have a Have a positive case of COVID It's just someone in the athletic department And the entire athletic department is shut down I don't know if that's necessarily because It's the new variant of COVID Um, That could very well be it But you know, it's it. It's just tough. You know, this was bound to happen until until we reach herd immunity. This this is always gonna. Ha- we're always gonna go gas and then slam on the brakes. Gas and slam on the brakes. Right? I mean, we've called this. We've been calling this since we started this fucking podcast. It it's, like yeah. how three shitheads on Twitter can figure can call something before it ha- before it happens. And these people in academia and government and what have you can't either tells me they knew it was going to happen and didn't care, or they're that fucking stupid. And either case is inexcusable. So that's where we're at. We're, we're here dicking around because we can't talk about MSU basketball and it's just bullshit. That's what it, it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Move along. Yeah, <laughs> I don't do very many edits, but I might have to. I might have to throw that. I might have to throw that into the pod this week. Uh, I I have to. I have to get the sound clip from someone. Oh. Uh, moving on. Moving along. Uh, the Detroit Lions have a head coach. Uh, finally. Uh, They hired Dan Campbell, who was basically Sean Payton's right-hand man in New Orleans for a number of years. Was the interim head coach in Miami when Joel Philbin got fired. And he's kind of P.J. Fleckian? I don't know how else to describe him. That's the vibe I got from him.
1: Mixed with PC principle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mind, bro. I mean, we've kind of talked about it off the pod, but I mean, my thoughts on the hire is, I mean, I, my main concern was that it was an arranged marriage and it was a rushed hiring. Um, they, they made this decision without even having him in the building. They made the decision without speaking with some of the other top candidates, but um, I mean, that's always going to be a concern of mine. Uh, just that you were in no competition to hire this guy, but I, Based off this press conference and the staff he's assembled, I am very surprised in a good way. Um, it seems like this franchise is finally potentially making some of the right hires. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've said this each single time they've made new hires. So we'll see if this one's different. But I mean, we all do. There, I mean, there's so many sound bites from his first press conference, like biting the kneecaps. That's either going to age incredibly well or that's going to be bad. Yeah,
2: I really like the hire uh, from Optics. Like, He's the anti-Matt Patricia and I think you needed that after what happened with Matt Patricia.
0: Is he the anti-Matt Patricia because he's in shape or because he was a former player?
2: Yes. <laughs> he's not a rapist.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just homophobic.
2: <laughs> yeah, he just does not like gay people. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it was needed. It was sort of like a cleanse. Um I really like Anthony Lynn as the OC. Like, don't let him use timeouts or clock management, but like, let him be be the play caller. I think it could be very interesting. And we're going to go in. I was about to say without Stafford. You know, I know we're going to talk about that because that's just as big news in my opinion. And I really like that they hired um, John. That they're I don't know if it's official, but they're going to hire John Dorsey as like an assistant to the general manager type of role to help out Brad Holmes. I think that's a great, um, I think that's just a great move because that's a guy that many people advocated for. I was thinking John Dorsey would be a good GM hire and you give a new guy a shot and you have a backup, a guy who's like, Hey, this is what I've done. You know, you can do it this way. And John Dorsey may have managed some teams, not too well, but he had he's had some pretty fucking amazing drafts if you look back at his history. He's drafted some amazing players. So I think good. that's what Lions fans have to have faith in, too.
1: He just can't hire a coach. I mean, he, he chose Hugh Jackson, then he went with Freddie Kitchens. Yeah. So he didn't get to pick the coach, which is a good thing. Right. But his talent evaluation, I mean, like Lucas said, you can't really – there's nothing negative you can say about it.
2: Mahomes, Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield.
1: um Tyreek.
2: Tyreek. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a it's it's ridiculous.
1: List. It's the all protein. That's basically yeah. what it is. Like the AFC all protein. Yeah. I, I,
0: you guys, you guys, um, you guys basically covered a lot of the thoughts. Um, one thing I'm, I'm really impressed with is, you know, they're taking chances on guys who, who are, who are new ish to, to their positions. You know, Brad Holmes was, uh, was kind of a hot name in front office circles for a couple of years now, um, in, in LA and, you know, Dan Campbell was at the tutelage of, of, I know we give our friend Couchburner a lot of shit, but Sean Payton is one of the best offensive minds in football. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. he just is, um, and to, you know, bring those guys in kind of at a first time and to surround them with experienced guys like John Dorsey, like, like, uh, like Anthony Lynn, um, like Aaron Glenn, who's the new defensive coordinator. He was the safeties coach um, at, in new Orleans. That's a, that's a big deal. And it, you know, that's really important to kind of surround those new, to have to, for those guys to have experienced voices in the room they can trust, you know, so that, that's, that's one thing that that really has impressed me so far, um, but I'm not giving out any. I'm not giving out any January Super Bowls to this no. team. I, I fucking refuse to.
2: We have, we have a fan base to, uh, you know, a couple about an hour from MSU that does that enough for <laughs> the entire state, pro and college. So we don't have to do it. Yeah, I
0: refuse. Well, can, I'm not going. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, that's, it's fucking, it's bullshit. Um, you know, people have been excited. I've been excited about hires before and they've completely crashed and broke. So I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to reserve judgments until the draft and until, we see until we see this team in action. And this team is going to look very different because Lucas, you hinted at it earlier, um, they're looking to trade Matthew Stafford.
2: A Thank mutual God. parting of ways, as it was worded.
0: Yeah, um, bullshit. Um, it's never mutual. No. Um, just ask my ex-wife. Hey-oh! <laughs> 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 Please just let me call the kids. I just want to talk to the kids, Sheila. Please. I know you're listening. Just let me call the kids. I just want to talk to the kids.
2: So, Matt Stafford.
0: <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, Matt Stafford. Um, yeah. You know, I think the response, the, the actual announcement of them looking to replace Stafford, I don't think is that shocking. Uh, Brett, I know you and I talked off pod about uh, how the comments from both Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell in their introductory press conferences um, certainly made it seem like they were looking to move him. So I don't think this comes as a surprise, but I think the, I think the reaction to the, to the decision is is more surprising than the decision itself.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, when Steve Eiserman retired, that was like a solemn day in Detroit and Lions fans took, that emotion and time and it multiplied it by 10, like their reaction to Stafford asking to be traded or the team deciding to move on, whichever way it happened. I mean, I, I have my own personal feelings about that. Um, but it, it, it's just bizarre. I mean, like SD, I, I kind of mentioned to you, like, I have, I, I appreciate what Stafford did in his time in Detroit. He was like a model citizen did a lot for the city. Um, he, he played through a lot of injuries, which is like commendable. But at the same time, he was the first overall pick, and you don't win a single division, you don't win a playoff game, mm. and you don't win an MVP. You don't mm. accomplish really anything in twelve years, other than mm. putting up a lot of uh, empty stats.
2: You um, have
0: you, you're below five hundred against teams with winning records. I mean, it goes on and on. And on.
2: I mean, below five hundred yeah. is generous. Yeah, and I mean, it's it, a bad record.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with saying, yeah, I appreciate what he did in his time in Detroit, but at the same time understanding and acknowledging that it, it was a failure. That's. It, I mean, you, you're the first overall pick. If you don't win anything, it's a failure. That's just, that's the bottom line. And that's kind of going to what SD said in terms of not handing out January awards for the coaching staff. Um, this, th- this franchise doesn't get the benefit of the doubt of moral victories anymore. And regardless of what Stafford did in his off the field and, and empty games, it just, it, it doesn't do anything for me. So I'm, I'm thrilled with the news. I think um, any rational fan is and will be once he's traded and this team can kind of hit the full reset button and just give both Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell a real shot to mold the franchise into their own vision, which is desperately needed.
2: Yeah. It's, it's, it was just time.
0: Lucas, have you talked to your father-in-law? I'm interested to he, kind of hear what he
2: thought of the what he thought of of the news. Um, I haven't seen him since the Campbell hire. I'm going over there on Wednesday, so I can report back. You know, next week if if more line stuff comes up. But um, he was pretty bummed out about Stafford, and I think it's more along the lines of, you know, this happened with Barry, this happened with Calvin Johnson it's happening with Stafford and you know, I, I wish Stafford the best, but man, it's going to kill Lions fans to see him win a title somewhere else. It's going to be the JD. It's going to be just like all the fucking tigers players <laughs> going to win three titles and, or three championships in three years, like, you know, 17, 18, 19. Um, but yeah, he's, he likes Dan Campbell. Um, he likes Brad Holmes and He's just bummed about Stafford. He gets it, but he's, he's still bummed. He's not mad at him. He's, he's disappointed.
0: The, the Tigers comparison is interesting to me because there were so many people who were, who were ready and willing to accept that Verlander and J.D. Martinez and all these pieces needed to move on in order for the team to begin the process of competing again. Yeah. And the fact that they were so understanding of the Tigers going for a full rebuild and the Lions not is, is honestly quite perplexing to me. And
1: Brett, you,
0: you brought up a good point. I'm failing pride of Detroit. So this is going to be the, uh, This is going to be the pride of Detroit dunking hour. Um, kind of sucks. First things first. If you follow the Detroit Lions, if you're a fan of the Detroit Lions in any capacity, you have lost the right to shit talk other franchises. You cannot say that any other franchise in professional sports is run more poorly than your franchise. Because the Detroit Lions are the worst run organization on the face of the earth in human history. Like, you guys, like, everyone wonders, like, where I get my politics from, right? Like, why I don't believe in the free market. If the free market truly existed and ran as designed, the Detroit Lions would be fucking bankrupt, The Detroit Lions are the people Republicans get pissed off about. They are the welfare, they are the welfare queens of the NFL. They are fucking bottom feeders. They are the fucking weed smoking hippies of the fucking National Football League. And all you Manga chuds who are always pissed off about the lions and drinking the Kool-Aid in February and going, oh, SOL in November. You fucking deserve it. You fucking idiots, fuck. Pride of Detroit, you guys are the Chinese state media of the Detroit Lions. You, uh, calling you propaganda would be an insult to propaganda. Because at least propaganda is cool and funny. Communist propaganda is fucking cool. It looks cool. It's designed cool. Russian letters are fucking cool. The fucking backwards are. It's fucking cool. You guys are a bunch of pissy pants losers who, I don't even know if you guys get paid for what you do. I hope you get paid for what you do. But if you, lick, if you lick the Ford's boot for free, then fucking, I, I have no other choice but to begrudgingly respect you. Because you must fucking love the taste of Ford boot. I bet it tastes like recalled Pinto. So, this piece in Proud of Detroit about about how trading Stafford could haunt the lines for a while. Uh, one, the first, we're gonna go point by point. I'm, I'm, I haven't read the
1: article. Brett, have you? I, I refuse to click on any of their stuff out of principle. I'll,
2: I'll look at it just to kind of see while we're going. All right,
0: so I'm gonna go point by point, um, bold heading by bold heading in their article.
2: Written by Mike Payton.
1: Oh, he's a he. But he, uh, that that
0: guy. Um, never mind. No, Brett, come on. It's it's pride of Detroit dunking hour.
1: Let's go for it. This moron. Okay, two years ago, my beef with him started. I I offered to donate to his charity if he would just debate me. He he refused. That's besides the point. Um, he he told me that Amir Abdullah was just as valuable as Antonio Brown. That that's where it started. That's where yes. Yes, he said that to me. And then he said that a certain offensive lineman for the Lions, his name was Kenny Wiggins, who has the lowest guard rating in pro football focus history. He told me he was trending upwards after one drive in a preseason game. So I, I called him out. I said, you're, you're literally propaganda. And he he got all pissy. He blocked me. And then when Kobe's helicopter crashed into a mountain last year, he unblocked me.
0: So, R.I.P. Well, R.I.P.
1: Kobe. One year. It's, like he's, he, he's it's like he's
0: here. It's like he's here's with us on the Zoom call. Um, so. It thrusts the Lions into full-blown rebuild mode. Fucking good. <laughs> that, that first point reminds me of when conservative go like You're just gonna give healthcare to people? What's next? Housing? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) There's more unoccupied homes in America than there are homeless people. So why the fuck wouldn't we? (laughs) Like, yeah, that's the point, motherfucker. It's the NFL. Rebuilds don't take that long.
2: Should be two years. Max. Two
1: years max.
2: Max. If, if it's year three and it's still shit, they're all gone.
1: The Jag- yeah, especially, especially the Jag- you have a top ten yeah. pick and you're going to be trading Stafford for at least the first, probably, maybe two, maybe three top 60 picks. Like That's enough to turn it around. Year two, they should be competing for a playoff spot. I
0: mean, the, the Jaguars are going to compete for a playoff spot in year fucking one of a
1: rebuild. <laughs> like... What the fuck are you talking about? It's not this massive overhaul people think it is. I mean, you you look every year there's that team that comes out of nowhere and they come over and they win thirteen games and they're good for four or five years. Like it just that's how it happens in the NFL. You get your quarterback, you get your system, a cheap quarterback, you build around that. Easy.
0: Fucking ridiculous. Uh resigning and signing players just got harder.
2: No, it didn't.
0: No, he didn't. What? Hey, do you want money to play in the NFL? Come to Detroit.
1: Okay.
3: Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, I mean, Chris Chris Long, the former Eagle, he's dealt with Dan Campbell before. He said that this, in Deuce Daily, obviously the new running back coach, he was saying today, like, the Lions have the most fun and likable coaching staff in the NFL, and he would want to come play for them. And, I mean, that guy's only a perennial pro bowler, was Super Bowl champion, so... Mm-hmm. But Mike Mike Payton says nobody wants to come here. It the
0: the players he brings up are Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Keep so Marvin Jones out of Kenny here, Kenny Galladay.
2: Yeah, he should he fucking go, Marvin.
0: Kenny Galladay is going to be in Detroit at least this year anyway because the Lions have the opportunity to franchise tag him. Mm-hmm. So if the Lions ha- if the Lions can tag Galladay, they will. So that's the that's the thing. Galladay's just not gonna walk. The Lions aren't just gonna let Galladay walk out scot-free. They have first rights of refusal. So unless they refuse to tag him, then he's staying in Detroit at least this year. Beyond that, who knows? And you even, Mike, you even brought up in this piece that, that, that Marvin Jones was likely gone anyways. Good. Marvin Jones is like 36. He's a 36 year old slot receiver. Who the fuck wants a 36 year old slot receiver? Jesus, man. Uh, Who are the Lions? The Lions are the worst franchise in professional football. That's who the Lions are. And they're trying not to be. You know what the worst franchise in professional football would do? Write out Matthew Stafford until he got pissed off enough to retire early. That's what the worst franchise in professional football would do, and it's what the worst prof- the worst franchise in professional football has done before.
2: Yeah, twice.
0: How about some balance? Oh, this is just like his. This is his uh, dose of optimism.
2: He's he's being a little kiss ass to Brad Holmes. Right. Uh
0: oh my God! Still, the this is how we ends. This is how we ends the piece. Still, the fears the lion's past are going to haunt us all for a while. Everything that's happened in the past three years is going to haunt us for the while. Nothing will potentially haunt us more than Matthew Stafford. <sighs>
2: That's, that's just an article for a guy who is, it, it's, it's like, you know, if you play 2K with a certain NBA player and, um, you know, you, you think you're friends and then when he's getting traded, you're going to throw up and cry. Um, <laughs> that's that's kind of what this article reminded me of. I don't know if I have an example in place, but that's just something that I kind of spitballed. You know, I'm, I'm very creative, so I wanted to kind of <laughs> shoot that out there. It's just a it's just a puff piece saying, I'm pissing and shitting my diaper. I'm gonna miss Matt Stafford. I mean, the only way that the Lions can be haunted by Stafford is if he just decides to retire. And isn't that dead money? Like, isn't that what the Saints are facing with Drew Brees retiring? Like 2025 $20, million in dead money.
3: The
0: the Lions are gonna have dead money no matter what they do with right. Stafford. Right. Whether the, I, the only way Stafford doesn't doesn't remain dead money is if he stays and he starts, which I would argue is dead money anyways.
2: Yeah. But
0: there are suitors
2: for him. Yes.
0: There are, there are teams that will be willing to trade for him. And there are teams who will be willing to trade a first round pick for him. Mm -hmm. If the lions don't at least listen to offers and try to move on, they're fucking stupid because Look, as much as we brought up Stafford's individual failings, we know no one on a football team exists in a vacuum, right? Stafford has been failed often and failed big by the Detroit Lions. That no one can argue. That no one can argue. No one's saying that he wasn't. No but to want him to stay in a situation where he can go somewhere else and compete for a championship. When you were more than okay with Justin Verlander and JD Martinez and Rick Porcello doing the same, it's fucking selfish. Yeah. That at the end of the day, it's fucking, it's fucking selfish and it's fucking hypocritical.
2: Man, JD Martinez, never forget that home run he hit.
0: Yeah, that home run he what was that, 2012? That was huge. It was like 2016 or 17. Okay, okay, yeah. That was that was a big home run. Uh everyone remembers that home run. Greatest uh, moment in Detroit
2: history. Um
0: it's right up there. It's right up there with the Maglio home run in 06. Or
2: I I kind of wonder if Stafford's gonna go out west because uh, I mean, the Rams don't have a first round draft pick to my knowledge. Maybe they do, but I mean, would I like to see him in LA? I would, but that means you're getting Jared Goff. It's not going to happen. Um, and I mean, San Francisco, you know, the, the Stafford stuff is going to be interesting if Aaron Rodgers really gets traded. Like, I don't know if they're going to move him cause he's probably got what 120, 130 million left on his contract. I'm, I'm really curious to see if Aaron Rodgers later this week or like after the Super Bowl comes out and says, I want to trade. Cause then that changes where Stafford could possibly go. Cause I was thinking 49ers or um, definitely the Colts. I mean, those, those teams will fight for Stafford and Rodgers.
0: Yeah. I no, uh Lucas, you bring up a great, a great way to, for us to transition to uh, to the, to the conference championship games. You're welcome uh the king of transitions so uh we're gonna take a quick break we're gonna hear a word from our sponsors and then we're gonna we're gonna come back on the other side and talk about talk about the conference championship games support for the bacon warrior podcast is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming and big news fellas Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below the waist grooming needs. Look, everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all of your below the waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of, I don't know what that word means, and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50-milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement, and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0. You know what comes in it. The best groomer in the game. Ball toner, crop reviver, ball deodorant, all the great things. So it's time to feel sexy, fellas. Get 20% off and free shipping with code BACON at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. That's 20% off and free shipping with code BACON at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. All right. Thank you to Manscaped. Uh, So the Super Bowl is set. Uh, The Chiefs looking to defend their title against tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers and we'll just go in the orders the game's aired uh we'll start with the nfc uh brady really didn't want to go huh
2: (laughs) it was like hey you know i just want to chill here just interception interception no you get a pick you get a pick you get a pick that was a weird. That was a weird second half. Like, because Tampa Bay just went up, and it looked like they were going to beat their ass. And then all of a sudden, oh, this is a game again.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really was a tale of two halves from Tampa. I mean, they looked in control. Um, they were basically doing whatever they wanted. Shout out, uh, shout out to pay up to playoff Lenny for winning me a little cash. Uh, <laughs> good on you, mate. Uh, but you know the the second half. Uh, you know it was kinda brady i don 't know how to explain it, Brady threw that one pick and he almost became like kind of panicked
2: yeah he looked he looked rattled
0: yeah, he looked very rattled um and you know the the packers just the packers just couldn 't capitalize on anything
2: well, we have to talk about their final drive um that's been bugging me. You have a third and goal at what your eight yard line. I think it was the eight yard line. And, you know, I get Aaron Rodgers has a million things running through his head. So I'm not going to put it all on him. I think that's unfair. Um, He there's, there's a, there's a lane. There is a lane. There's guys running left and right. There is a lane for him to make a bolt for the end zone and say he gets tackled at the two or one is Matt LaFleur kicking that field goal. If he does, he should have been fired. Yes, he should have been fired today, but I don't know why you don't go for it. It's it's at your own eight yard line or at their eight yard line. You're pinning them back no matter what. You might have a shot, but like, do you not realize who's on the other side of that ball? As much as I don't like Tom Brady, that was the dumbest thing they did all day. Was kick that field goal? Like that's that was fucking ball game. That was really stupid. And no. Why do you you know Tom Brady closed out the Super Bowl against the Rams? You know he did the same thing when the Rams kicked a field goal to keep it close. He 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 closed the game out like he does this shit all the time, and I don't understand. I just I I think it was obvious Matt Lafleur is new to certain situations, and he just got out coached big time by Arians yesterday. I mean Arians showed how how genius he can be with these games. He's brilliant.
0: I think, I think it was just a case of LaFleur like playing 70 shoots and ladders. You right. know, he, he, I think, I think LaFleur honestly overthought it because like, like you said, Lucas, I'm not going to fault Rogers for not taking off. Right. He's, no. he's 30, he's done it before, but he's 35 and you know, he's looking for the pass. Right. It's a, it's, it's a situation where where you're not necessarily looking for yardage you're looking for the end zone. Maybe if it was second down he takes off, right? Mm-hmm. But still, how you how you have the ball that close with the MVP under center and for you to not put the game in his hands is is indefensible. It's it's indefensible because the same logic that Lafleur used to defend the field goal could also be used to defend to defend going for it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? If you go for it and you miss, you pin them. You yeah. pin them at there. You pin them at the eight. You have three timeouts and the two minutes. I mean, that's all the time in the world. You get the ball back in decent field position. You're going to get it back around midfield.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You're going to be under two – you might be under two minutes. You might be out of timeouts. But you're in a position, again, with the MVP under center. That was losing football. What LaFleur did was losing football.
2: You, When you're going – when you're playing for a chance to go to the fucking Super Bowl, you throw out the spreadsheets that show, okay, on and third and goal at the eight-yard line, you have a so-and-so percent chance. You've got to go for it. Are you gonna get roasted if you miss it? Sure, but I'd much rather have the balls to go for it. You know, like I'm not trying to pimp up my Rams, but I, Sean McVay wouldn't do that. He'd fucking go for it. You know, Andy Reid goes for it all the time. Like, I yeah, like Matt Lafleur just overthought it, and oh boy, it might cost him Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I really, I'd love to see. Like, I watched that press conference, and Aaron Rod, he was visibly like, yep, wasn't my call. Don't want to talk about it. I'm not mad. Definitely not mad. <laughs> um, sorry, I just can't get over it. it. It blew my mind how the Packers had every chance to win that game and just completely dropped the they, – they spilled the chili all over the floor. It's – oh, sorry, I'm going to mute.
1: <laughs> no, you oh, – is- it, it was ahead. Yeah, I mean, we were all watching it in live time and obviously we're communicating on Twitter about it. And I mean, we all had the same reaction. Like, what are you doing? I mean, there's 20 years of evidence that you do not give Tom Brady the ball back with the game on the line. Like whoever had the ball last was going to win that game. Mm-hmm. And you gave it to Tom Brady. Like, it, I mean, that that's one of the most confusing decisions I've like. We can play about what Jim Caldwell did in the playoff game against Dallas. That is nothing compared to what matt lafleur just did and i mean even if aaron Rodgers ran it which i think i mean you can't really second guess maybe the second or third best quarterback ever but let's just say he did run it Mm -hmm. It, in that situation he's probably getting to inside the the three or four yard line and then that makes the fourth down decision automatic in my opinion i I definitely think you go for it there and the odds that you score are pretty good but if you don't i mean you pin him at the two yard line you're going to get the ball back like sd said at midfield with time left on the clock. So it was just a really dumb decision. And I think Matt LaFleur kind of chasing two points earlier in the game cost him as well because Mm -hmm. um, he could have made it a seven point game or rather uh, I think it would would have been 10 points, but he tried to make it, try to get cute, but Hey, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm glad with the outcome.
0: Yeah. You know, I think, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens from here because obviously, um, it's been interesting to s- kind of see to kind of see the last twenty four hours of of Aaron of the the narrative around Aaron Rodgers because it reminds me a lot of of Brett Favre, right? Where uh, he loses a conference championship and in a heartbreaking fashion um, and he and nobody's sure what his future is.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of art imitating life going on right now in green Bay. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, even down to, even down to, even down to, a, even down to the Packers drafting, Rogers replacement while Rogers is still there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. uh, There's a lot of Lucas, here comes a, here comes a LCB reference. It's, it's poetry. It rhymes, you know, Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, it's uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah. You know, it'll be, it'll be really, it'll be really um, interesting to see what happens, whether Rogers tries to retire And come back and ask for a release, or if he gets traded. Like, that's the thing. It if Aaron Rodgers asked to be traded, what what is his value? (laughs) Like, what is the value for the MVP of the NFL right now? Because right now, the going value for Deshaun Watson is three first rounders. So, and obviously the situation's a little different, right? Deshaun's only 26. Um, he's on a he's on a fresh contract, you know. Yeah, Rogers is contract. Rogers is what Rogers is thirty five, right? mm mm-hmm. uh, He's around. 30.
1: Is he No, he's, I think he's thirty eight.
0: Okay, so Aaron Rodgers is thirty eight. You know, um, he's got hundred. Ooh, he's thirty seven. Wait, well, maybe it's not. Um, he's thirty seven. He's still got. You know, his contract is a little, it's a little older. So it's a little bit cheaper than Deshaun's. Uh, Brett, like if you're, if Hmm. you're, if you're the Packers GM, like what, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the market, you know, what are you looking for, for,
1: for, for the league MVP? Three first round picks. uh, At least. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of tough because how many years does he have left on his contract?
2: Uh, He's got three more
1: years. Yeah, I'd get, take a first-round pick for every year he has left. Because based off of the market, I mean, you're going to have – I mean, Houston's asking three for Deshaun. you got the Lions are asking probably for two for Stafford, at least one. So, I think – and it, it, it's Aaron, it's Aaron Rodgers is that man. So, he's going to set the market because if you're a contending team, that's the guy you're going to go with. It's almost like when Peyton Manning left. I mean, he was a free agent, but when he chose Denver, I mean, he got to pick his own team, and you, you know, whoever gets him is going to be a Super Bowl favorite, Super Bowl contender. So,
2: his contract isn't the worst thing. I mean, there it's a pretty big cap hit, but it's it's not like you're going to trade Mahomes. You know, who's like what fifty million a year now? Like, it's not that bad. Like, twenty twenty one is thirty seven point five. 2022 is 39 and then it drops to 28 so you know about 100 million bucks left could could be worse yeah okay yeah he's got about 100 million left okay um yeah i mean yeah three first round picks and then see if they have a see if the other team has a disgruntled player that that's that's pretty good throw them in and maybe a couple of late round picks. I mean, that's what I'd ask Fran Rogers, like just say, our oh, best offer, like, let's see what we got and kind of scope out the league or maybe see if Deshaun gets traded and then go from there and escalate it. Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a great, that's a great point. You know, um, obviously we don't know what's going to happen. Um, Aaron Rodgers seems like the kind of guy who has a lot of interests outside of football. So it could just be that he just, he's ready to just kind of, he's ready to just kind of call it, you know, Go host Jeopardy. Yeah. Go yeah. host Jeopardy or Go or much what? closer home to his
1: family. <laughs> which <he loves> dearly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Aaron Rodgers noted family man, uh, you know, just very loyal to those around him. Uh, especially his brother Jordan he has a deep deep affection for his brother Jordan supported him a hundred percent when he went on the Bachelor yep. um, that cost that caused zero strife at all.
2: No it was a very loving family it oozes through the screen <laughs> uh, the
0: only family the only family unit that's tighter than the Rogers are the Reeds uh, Patrick Reed the golfer and his family. <laughs> Uh, Moving on to the AFC, Uh, so uh, the Chiefs pack, yeah, Chiefs pack going up, baby. (laughs) Uh, The the Kansas City Chiefs were the best team in football. (laughs) Like Uh, I don't I don't know how to. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. I mean they coasted the entire year, went fourteen to two, and then we're just like, all right, we're gonna start trying
2: now. They play they played the first eight games like at seven and one and then decided sim mode the rest of the way. Sim to playoffs on Madden. And yeah, they won their final eight wins by thirty-two points, but they fucking won them. Like they put really good teams away when they had to. And They didn't look great at times, but they still look like the Kansas City Chiefs, like that Tampa Bay game. It was close, but like, my God, that first half by Tyree Kill was, um, it was brilliant. You know, when they wanted to, they did whatever they wanted. And this game just showed everyone like, hmm, the haters and losers of which there are many are going to be proven wrong tonight. And part of it was the Bills settling for like, what five field goals. It felt like five, six field goals. It was something crazy.
0: Yeah. We yeah. want to talk, we want to talk about losing football. What Sean McDermott did, what Sean McDermott did was losing football. That was I mean, worse that, than before. Yeah. That was indefensible. At least LaFleur, there was enough logic behind it to where you could possibly understand where he was coming from. Yeah. But it's like you're fucking playing the Kansas city chiefs, man. You can't leave points on the table. You, you gotta, you gotta go for haymakers every single time or else you're going to suffer a death by a thousand cuts.
2: Like it was like, it was nine, nothing. And I didn't feel phased at all. I'm 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 a big Pat Mahomes fan as my articles have shown. I fucking love him. And I was just sitting there like, yeah, this shit ain't over. And then no, like they scored 21 points like the snap of a finger and the way Buffalo responded with that field goal. Yeah. I'm like, this, this is over if they're not going to have balls and go for it against these guys. No, like it, no, Sean McDermott was just, was, I think they were, they I think they were kind of a year ahead. You know what I mean? Like I, I would like to see this, these two teams match up next year. I think it'd be a much different contest, but we're talking about the present. So I'll shut up about the future.
1: Yeah, I mean Buffalo kicked two field goals inside the ten yard line. Oh, and you you can't beat the Chiefs with field goals. And I mean you're up nine nothing. I mean you had a chance to really. I mean there was a couple games last year in the playoffs. As I Lucas just said, we're talking about the the present, but I'm going to the past now. Um, I mean they. I mean they they were down how many points to Houston? Twenty four nothing. Yeah, and then Houston they did that that goofy fake punt or whatever.
2: Um, <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and yeah then i mean you got buffalo kicking field goals it just i i it just it it's hard to watch like i mean if you're a fan of the buffalo bills you got to feel terrible waking up because your coach didn't give you a chance to win yeah it's, like, i would rather just yeah i'd rather throw an interception on fourth down like kick a goofy yeah. field goal no it's
0: it and you know i think you're right lucas i think I think the Bills might be, might you know, it reminded me a lot of where the Chiefs were, honestly, in in uh, twenty eighteen, um, yeah. where they where they were kind of a year ahead of schedule, and lost to what was clearly the best team in the conference, you know, um, and that brings and that's an interesting that's an interesting comparison because obviously the Patriots started declining. I don't see the Chiefs declining at all so oh, man.
2: It, you it know to, be decade before they start declining
0: so to your guys's you know in your guys's mind what do the bills need to do in order to in order to maybe catch the bills in order to catch the excuse me what do the bills need to do to catch the chiefs next year
3: hmm.
2: i think you have like if they go up big if they go up nine nothing against say next year like brett said you got to throw haymakers you have to like just be aggressive because it will pay off against them. The teams that have beaten the chiefs have been aggressive, like new England in that AFC title game. They just went right at them. And that's what Tampa Bay is going to do. Um, and I'm not, I don't want Pat Mahomes to get hurt, but it almost feels like you have to see an injury to Pat Mahomes or like, they just have an off year where they're not the number one or two seed and host a playoff game. Um, that's kind of what it feels like right now. They're, the Bills are close, but um, it's going to be interesting to see because Josh Allen's accuracy went up by like 20 points this year. Um, if he could take the next step or if this was an anomaly, what I, I would definitely – and with having Stephon Diggs, I think it's the next step. I think he's going to get better and better.
1: Yeah, I think based off of – I mean, last year they, they had that devastating loss to Houston in the playoffs, and obviously they came back stronger from that um you kind of have to just get the experience of heartbreak in the playoffs and i think another thing is they really need to invest in a a top-end running back um i know they tried to get Le'Veon bell that didn't work out um kind of their zach moss tj yeldon devin singletary backfield it's just not going to cut it like if you're up nine nothing you should be able to if you have a great running attack you should be able to not put the game away but create more distance um and they they weren't able to do that. So you're putting Josh Allen in a situation where he has to throw the ball too much. So um, I think investing maybe Najee Harris would be a really nice fit there. Um, I mean you you just got to you got to go get that stud running back.
0: Yeah, no. I I think more than I think more than a stud running back, I think I think Josh Allen needs a legitimate second weapon.
3: Um yeah.
0: you know, he he's got his number one guy, Stefan Diggs is one of the best receivers in football. I think this year has proven that but you know you look at the teams you look at the teams in the super bowl who are left and they you know what's the they have a they have a great quarterback with solid with two to three solid options you know in in Cole Beasley's corpse <laughs> and you know a collection of a collection of nobodies it isn't going to do it you know if i'm the bills and I'm I'm looking at Kyle Pitts out of Florida, and I'm salivating. Yeah, Um, I'm doing whatever it takes to get Kyle Pitts, whether that's taking him round one at 29 or 30, wherever they end up. I think they're picking 29, Uh, or if they have to, or if they feel like they have to trade up, they should do it. They should have tanked on purpose to get. Yeah, they (laughs) they should have lost earlier, so that way they (laughs) would be. uh, They should have lost last week, so they could have gotten Kyle Pitts. But yeah, no, I think I think Kyle Pitts is the answer honestly if they're looking to build through the draft. I mean, you look you, I think I think he's the most I think he's one of the more naturally talented uh tight ends in the that have come out of the that are coming to the NFL in a while, and I think he can be that that Kelsey, that Ertz, that you know, that Gronk to to Josh Allen. And I—that's—that's that's what Josh Allen is missing. Honestly, is a solid second weapon. And if you can get Kyle Pitts, that's—that's that's your answer.
2: Yeah, but a a more consistent running game can't hurt. And maybe you just go through the later rounds, or you trade. You know, you trade, or you you just sign someone. Maybe try to find something like um, Jacksonville did with Robinson. Who knows?
1: I think yeah. that's a really interesting point, SD. If they can get that second weapon, I mean, it makes your quarterback so much. Like, I mean, look at KC's offense. They're basically right now, I mean, Edwards-Alaire has been he, – he's kind of fallen off a little bit. I mean, he's still a good running back, but not near the elite level he was earlier. But, I mean, they just rely on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. My, and, my, I mean, if you, if you can recreate that with a different team, I mean, hey. They're close. They're, they're very close. I, they're, they're definitely a Super Bowl contender. Moving forward into the future, so
2: uh, I I just I'm mesmerized by the Chiefs' offense, like what Andy Reid can do, and er- and Eric Bieniemy. He does he has helped him out with play calling and scheming, and um, clock
0: management, probably,
2: probably, yeah. But like Andy Reid's a master. I, I, I mean, it, it. I can't wait to watch the Super Bowl because it's it's like two offensive. I'm going to say geniuses. Like they're both brilliant offensive minds. And you know, it's it's going to be this great chess match like because the Bucks have a really strong run defense. And if they can shut down the Chiefs running game, you obviously Mahomes is going to throw, you know, 30, 40 times no matter what. But it's if they can get Mahomes rattled early then that changes the game. Like if the Bucks can go up 14 nothing, I don't think the Chiefs are going to just steamroll the 28 straight points. I think they can tie it, but it's, it's going to be one hell of a game. They're almost identical in a lot of ways. Like it's really a fascinating matchup.
1: Yeah. And I yeah. think Eric Fisher tearing his Achilles is really going to hurt Kansas city. Cause that, that yeah. Bucks D line is nasty. And you Sue, saw how they took Holstein, advantage of.
2: Pierre Paul.
1: Shaq uh, Barrett. I mean, and they got the, the, maybe the fastest linebacking core I've ever seen. So that, I mean, I am. I can't wait. I think it's going to be, I mean, you have two of the most fun and likable coaches in the NFL. So mm-hmm. it, and you got, it, this is our LeBron versus Jordan finals. This is something like we haven't seen in sports in forever where you got potentially the two greatest of all time going head to head. This is like uh, magic and Larry. So it, and it's going I, to be fun.
2: I will finally admit if Tom Brady can do it, that he is the go. I, I, have it on record here. I will say it on this podcast, and in my eventual Super Bowl article, I will say it. But judgment—I mean, I'm just being stubborn at this point. <laughs> but I—I I can't deny it. If he does it, if he does it here, yeah, like if he beats this Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are the better team. But yeah, Eric Fisher going out makes me rethink it a little bit. Um, but that just gives Eric Bianna, and Andy Reid a chance to whip up something new.
1: Yeah, so it's that's, funny that's Lucas exciting to see. Yeah. I I used to be on the same train. Like I was anti-Tom Brady. And then when he, he when he won that last Super Bowl, it's just like something. We don't hit talk me about like, that. Yeah. Talk. I was rooting for the Rams that game, and but like <sighs> just he keeps winning. Like it, it it's incredible.
2: I, I literally when Tom, when the game winning touchdown got scored, I like threw the remote and like walked out of the room. I didn't throw it any. I just like threw it on the couch and I'm just like he can't keep getting away with this. It's <laughs> like the Anthony Anderson gif of him crying and crying in bed. I'm like, what? Not, I didn't cry. You know, like I didn't throw up. Or, you
0: just, you can't fake passion like that,
2: Lucas. I, I could. I was like, man, a fucking Super Bowl is getting me rattled again. Like, but it's Tom
1: Brady. He's in my head. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He it does this to every single team, every single year.
2: Like I said, I'm glad the Rams lost the Packers because my head would have exploded if, if the Rams lost to yesterday. <laughs> I, I, I would have uh, pulled a bean and deleted and like deleted my account <laughs> for a couple of weeks. Tom Tom
0: Brady is the Zanjo of <laughs> of the NFL. We nobody can fucking get rid of him. No IP <laughs> ban. No kind of (laughs) – no deflate gate, nothing can ever – poop pee is here forever.
2: But, no, what Brady's – I mean, yeah, he had some pretty – if the Chiefs can get him to throw between the numbers, it's not going to be a good day for him because that's what the Rams did. Like, Brandon Staley – I missed you already – Um, he – created a, a plan for that game against the Bucks to make him throw in between the numbers and the hash marks. And he really struggled. He had a couple picks that were just blatant, just fucking horrific. And he had some bad ones in this game too, when green Bay was able to get to him. And it's dumb to say a quarterback is obviously susceptible to a bad or to a really good pass rush, but like, look what the Eagles did to him. I mean, they, they obliterated him the entire game. They, they were making him pay the entire game and if the Chiefs can do it I don't know if they can the whole game i I, I kind of leaning the way of it's gonna be like a 28 to 27 type of thriller or you know maybe 35 34. i I'm kind of leaning especially with Eric Fisher gone that Tom Brady might get his seventh ring in
1: a in a couple weeks which is in his home stadium now
0: yeah I, that it's it's just crazy what Brady's been able to do. Our,
1: Two two of our friends
2: live in Tampa Bay, like a mile from the stadium, and they're gonna go. They're gonna go to the game. Like, are they gonna get
1: tickets, to tailgate, and everything? Love it. Yes, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, the you know. city of Tampa. They've they've had they've had some good sports luck recently. This is their their making
0: Mickey, Mickey Mouse rings. Mickey Mouse rings. Hey, I would take a Mickey Mouse
1: ring right now.
2: Oh, if the Red Wings won a Stanley Cup in a pandemic, oh, I. Oh, would- you never hear the end of it from us.
1: It's real. Oh, it's thinking. no, yeah,
0: you're right. It's real to them. Um, that's all that matters.
2: Every fucking day, man. Uh,
0: it, it it's real to them. That's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you know, I just we can we can wrap up here talking about WandaVision real quick. Uh, really great episode. I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. You know the the cracks are starting to show in the, you know, in the reality of of whatever Wanda is in um you know i i like that it's still unclear whether this is a this is a this is a thing of her own invention or if someone is doing this to her yeah so uh, you know i'll be interested to see what that you know what happens what happens
2: you know coming up yeah i'm i'm excited to see the the cracks are slowly getting bigger and bigger in the foundation and uh I really can't. I I can't wait for the next episode because Paul Bettany said that the next this Friday's episode even gets it. It gets bigger. Like yeah. you, like some shit happens in the fourth episode. Which uh, which eighty sitcom are they gonna are they gonna hit? Hmm. It looks like Full House
0: kind of to me. Yeah. Which like how you have an Olsen sister and not do Full House would be beyond me. Right. So it's probably gonna end up being Full House.
2: Yeah, am I can't wait for the next episode.
0: Yeah, so yep. just just wanted to touch on Wandavision real quick. It was very good, Brett. Are you, Brett, are you watching Wandavision? You know what? I have not
1: yet, but I do plan to watch it.
0: I, I would, I would suggest, I would honestly suggest, I would honestly binge the three. Don't space them out; just rip them because yeah. I think, I think, I, I think the first two, like, like if you're not all in on the concept, it can kind of, it can kind of throw you a bit, mm-hmm. but. I think not having to wait for that third episode is really going to help a lot of people who are still on the fence about it. So uh, that, that would be my suggestion: just rip through all three of them and then, you know catch up.
2: Yeah.
0: All There's- right, that's There's- it from us, uh, fellas. Go green. Go white. Go white. Go Lewis. Go, go
2: Lieutenant Colonel Johnson.
0: Go Sponge. Go Go graden Have go a great everybody. We're out. All that. Uh, have a good night yeah.